Welcome back. This is Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Bryn. And I'm Kelsey. And thanks for listening to us. Yes. So if you're new here, if you are a OG fan, we appreciate you. Yes, we appreciate anyone who has our voices in their eardrums right now. Because <laughs> it can be rough. I know it. We have to listen every week. Yeah. Well, we listen to our, like, listen back to edit ourselves. I mean, everyone hates the sound of yeah. their own voice. I think that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. No, I literally, it sounds like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> it's horrible. We hope you don't think that, though. That would be unfortunate. Everyone's like, wait, now, now that you mention it. It is terrible. It is really Never listening again. Yeah, it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> Oh, so, so, what should we talk about before we get into our coffee review? Anything? I have some show recommendations that I've been listening to. Do you want to talk about the have, one we started the other night? Yeah, because that's the only one I have. Okay, go ahead. So, we started a show the other night on Amazon Prime, and it's called Panic, and it's so fucking good. My Highly hands recommend. literally sweat the entire yeah. time, though. Like, <laughs> You're in a panic. I know. It's like, I don't want to give too much away about it, but... It is. It, like, keeps you on the edge of your seat the it's whole time. It's so good so far. And we only watched, what, two or three episodes? Three, yeah. Yeah. So, highly recommend Panic. I was telling Carson about it in the car the other day. I'm like, yeah, we watched another episode of Panic. He's like, what's Panic? I'm like, were you, not, were you not awake the first night we started? He was like, no. Definitely not. So, yeah. <laughs> what else are you watching? Um, I'm also watching with him Nine Perfect Strangers. With Nicole which Kidman? Is, yes. Oh, my God. I've been wanting to start And that. she's fucking Russian in this. Why is she so cool? She is such a good actress. I'm obsessed with I her. I love her. I love everything that she's in, and she's in a lot lot lately yeah I love but her. um it's really good uh there's a lot of good characters in that but we're watching that that one's on Hulu uh-huh and then I'll also last night Carson was like I fell asleep during nine perfect strangers the other night can we start another one I'm like sure he <laughs> fell asleep 10 minutes in but oh the God. new one is called um tell me your secrets I've been wanting to watch that and that's also on Amazon Prime right yeah and it's it on Amazon Lily Prime Rob. I'm obsessed with her Carson goes What's she from? I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> That's a fucking sin. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, it's really good so far. Um, there's, It's another like kind of thriller, psychological type thriller, but it's Ooh, really good. I have good. to start that as well. And it's about murder. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Uh, we also have creepy stories to tell you guys. We were discussing before yeah. we started recording. Yeah. You, you go first. Mine isn't so much creepy, more so I feel like comforting. So yeah. Carson's family lost their horse, um, what was it, over a we year ago now, a Octo- year and a half ago. We lost him in October, so it'll be a year in October. Oh, I thought I thought it was two years in October. Is it? I think it is. Um, we're, we're off. We're, we're on, on COVID, COVID time. time still. Yeah. We've, we've mentioned this before. I, I honestly... Wow, it might be two years. I think it's two years. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, well, we lost him in October. Yeah, so it's like a year and a half. Yeah. Well, a little bit more. Yeah. So they lost their horse. There's still two other horses here on the property. But I was getting up for work the other day, and me and my niece, uh, when I sleep over, she always wakes up with me like 10 minutes before I have to leave for work, and she like hangs out before (laughs) I have to leave. She's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. And so we're sitting there looking out the window, and I'm like, all of a sudden I see something. I'm like, where are the horses? She's like, oh, they're like up on the back of the property, like to the point where we couldn't see them. Yeah. Either that or she said they may have been in the barn where we also couldn't have seen them. And they definitely wouldn't have been in the barn. Because yeah. my dad only puts them in if it's like, like a cold. storm or yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, I think they ran to the back. I was like, okay, that's weird. 
because I'm looking outside and on the pond, I see a reflection like on the top of the water. It was like crystal clear of just horses legs like walking by. And Meanie. when you see that, you obviously see a horse yeah. like walking by on the grass, but there was nothing on the grass. It was literally just the legs, the reflection of the legs. Aww. So I think it was Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. Aww. And I didn't want to freak Ava out. So I was like, she's like, why? What do you see? I'm like, a bird. It was a bird. <laughs> she was like, ow. <laughs> Imagine if she was like, did you just think? think you saw phoenix because i think i saw phoenix. i would have pooped my pants well she said stuff about her her room before yeah go into <laughs> that because you're actually right. scared the fuck out of me so we've talked about on this podcast i don't know what episode my mom told the listener story about the little girl that's in my parents house yeah it was probably like over 10 episodes ago now yeah and we have this little girl in our house long story short who visits spirit um she passed either on our property or nearby Mm -hmm. in like the early 1900s she's kind though yeah she just loves according to multiple mediums she just loves our family and likes being around our family and likes to pop in so anyway there's been many nights now where kelsey and i have both heard this little girl walking around around. yeah while we're sleeping in ava's room i guess she's like Because my brother redid Ava's room for her, our niece, uh, for Christmas last year. So maybe the little girl, like, likes her room now. Um, She's like, oh, I think any little girl (laughs) would like this room. It's literally magnificent. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the other morning, Ava was over. Mm -hmm. And I went upstairs to get changed out of my pajamas. And I turned sideways, and she has, like, a a wall mirror. And out of the corner of my eye in the mirror, I saw a little girl standing in the back book nook in Ava's room. I have the chills. And I almost turned around and said, Ava! Like, because I thought she was, like, playing a trick on me, hiding in there. Oh, my God. But then I realized, no. That was a little girl. Like, I full-blown saw, out of the corner of my eye, a white dress. She's in a white dress. <laughs> oh my god, I have the chills. But I saw her in the mirror. Look at my arms. Yeah. Yeah. But a couple weekends ago, it was really strange. Ava came downstairs one morning and she goes, so I think my room's haunted. <laughs> and my mom and I just look at each They're other. They're like, yes, yes it yeah. is. <laughs> and I was like, Ava, like, why would you say that? She's like, I'm pretty sure there was a ghost in my room last night. And I was like, why? And she's like, where did you... Oh, it was the night of my wedding. Because yeah. she goes, where did you and Uncle Timo sleep last night? And I was like, across the hall from you in the bedroom yeah. across the hall. And she was like, oh, I thought you guys slept upstairs in my hangout room. And I was like, why? And she's like, I heard footsteps walking up there. And then I saw my closet curtain, my book nook curtain moving. And I heard... Oh, my God. I heard things all night. How did she not freak the fuck out? I don't know. She's like, I guess it was like a ghost or something. <laughs> She probably, like, sensed how, like, it was not bad, if anything. Yeah, Or she was just like, you're fine, go to bed. Yeah. So I I ended up saying to her, Aves, it was probably just your fan on blowing your curtain, like, you know. Yeah. But in my head, I'm thinking, it It was was the little girl. It was her. You were having a slumber party. We still need to figure out her name. Yeah. We've had a couple ideas thrown around, but, like, I don't know. We don't know what exactly her name was. I forget what the the medium said said Anna. before. Oh yeah, and I think someone said something connected with a K, like Catherine, but that could have been her mom. They yeah, said. yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I slept over a couple nights ago as well, 
and I keep getting woken up when I'm here. I mm-hmm. don't feel anything like shaking me or pushing me or anything like that, but I do keep getting woken up. Um, and like I'll be, I'll, I'll come to and like be awake like while I'm already sitting up, like looking around the room. Yeah. And it's happened like multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. I, Weird. I mean, stuff ha- happens when I sleep in Ava's room all the time, which was my old bedroom. Yeah. Uh, but, oh my god, remember what happened at Ashley's house? I was, Kate's house, I was just gonna say that. We were sleeping, we had a... So uh, fucking (laughs) creepy, actually. We had a girls' night a couple weekends ago at Kate's house. That was so much fun. Yeah, it was, we have to do it again. With me, Kelsey, and Kate and Ashley, and we just, like, hung out, watched movies, whatever. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the night, oh my god... What? Shut I the just... fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! It was, it was a reflection from your watch. I saw something behind you out of the corner of my eye. It looked like an orb or something. I was like, what the fuck? It's my ring. Yeah. Oh, no, it was my watch. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, what? There's a ring behind me. It scared me. It's not, Sorry. Even, it's not even dark in here. Sorry for blowing your ears out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. this is going to be a really long intro, guys. Hope you love it. It's fun. <laughs> Last week was a little short, so we're doing yeah. this for you. So yeah, we were sleeping over, and me and Bryn and Ashley actually both slept oh, yeah. in the living room. Yeah. And in the middle of the night, I got woken up. In the morning, Kate was like, uh, "I turn." She said she turned the TV off last night, and I yeah. was like, "No, I turned the TV off because I remember waking up and it was credits." Yeah. And I look. I paused the show first and I fell back asleep and then I woke up later on and saw that the menu was still up and turned the TV off and Kate's like well it must have turned back on because I turned it off and we were like what like how did you come out into the living room she's like I walked like in front of you guys and and picked up the remote yeah and I was like then who the fuck was behind us yeah because in the middle of the night I got woken up I thought it was Kate someone shaking my shoulder yeah and I sat up, and I was like, what the hell? And there was no one there. And then Kelsey ended up saying she woke up I from woke someone up and I, like, standing behind I, like, her. I, like, felt, like, presence of, like, somebody, like, behind me, like, in between the two couches that we were sitting on. Yeah, and then I thought Ashley, it was her turning the TV on. Ashley said she woke up because she felt like someone was in the room. Yeah. And she, like, rolled Snuggled. closer to me and was like, protect me literally she's like i inched closer and closer and closer (laughs) yeah it was really weird because we were like who the fuck was in the like between us behind us yeah like standing there i thought it was somebody turning the tv off so i kind of just like you know like when your eyes are closed but you feel somebody's like there i was like oh i'm just gonna pretend like i'm sleeping like i'm not gonna sit up it wasn't yeah we need to sage her house her Mm. house is not a nice little girl (laughs) That was creepy as shit. Yeah. All right, do you want to get into our coffee review? Yeah, let's do this. I'm like 12 minutes in right now. I know. So today, Kels, why don't you announce it since you brought them over? Yeah, I was actually shopping at Trader Joe's and I was like, you know what? Trader Joe's has so many like cold brew canned coffees that I like, I want to try all of them, but I, w- I wish I knew which ones were like good. So I'm like, you know what? Why don't we help out our listeners <laughs> if they're Trader Joe's um, shoppers so, I picked up two cans of Trader Joe's French Vanilla Cold Brew Coffee. And this they have a couple different ones. So, this one, the can is silver with a purple, like, rim around the top and bottom. Mm-hmm. We'll post a picture, but... And it does, we wanted to know, include milk and sugar in it for yeah. our 
uh, dairy-free people who maybe can't handle the milk. Yeah. I honestly might be pooping my brains out after (laughs) this. (laughs) Yes, it might happen. I'll read what's on the back. It says, Trader Joe's French Vanilla Cold Brew Coffee is brewed from coarsely ground 100% Arabica coffee beans that are never exposed to heat during the brewing process. Hence cold brew. Mm. This coffee is a smooth, full-bodied addition to your daily routine. Finished with milk, sugar, and a touch of French vanilla flavor, this can... This can... Can. (laughs) This can... This can. Will become your go-to. Enjoy your French vanilla cold brew coffee when it best suits you. Yeah, so to me, I'm not going to say I don't like it. Yeah, I I like like it. it, But it's a little bit bitter for my taste. Yeah. To drink it, like, daily. I think it may be cold brews for me that, like, taste super bitter. Because over the weekend, I got a cold brew at Starbucks, and I never get them. And my, mm. my friend Alan was like, go ahead, get it, get it, you'll be fine. I literally had heart palpitations, and I was, like, choking it down. Like, oh, my God. It, it was so bad. Yeah. But this is a lot... I think it's bitter. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's getting me. Like, the cold brews sometimes tend to be bitter. Yeah. Because they're strong. I have to say, though, as I'm drinking it, the more and more I'm drinking it, the less I'm tasting the bitterness. But maybe yeah. I'm just getting used like getting to it. Like, getting used to yeah. the flavor. Yeah. You can definitely taste the French vanilla. Um, for those of you that don't like super sweet and super flavored coffees, this is a good one because it's not very sweet. I would even probably add some creamer to it. Yeah. For just, like, Agreed. my taste. Yeah. I personally... Would probably not get this all the time, though, just because of the milk. Yeah. Because I'm lactose intolerant. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll try to find options that are not. Dairy-free. Yeah. Almond milk or whatever. The good thing, though. But it is good. It does. It's only 60 calories as well. Yeah, it is so, good though. I like yeah. Trader Joe's, so I like Trader Props. Joe's. This is a good one. I probably give this a six point five though. I would give this a six. Yeah, it's a good like summer coffee, I guess. Oh well, a good thing to note too. I just saw in the ingredients, it is reduced fat milk, so it's not like it's whole milk. It's not like so, creamy, fatty whole milk. It's not like is this milk spoiled or is this whole milk? <laughs> Like, what yeah. happened to me in my life. Oh, my God. Well, we'll, I'll talk about that story at another time. Yeah. But this is a good one. If you want to hear more of, like, grocery store or, um, like, gas station coffee reviews, like, if you're like, oh, I, w- I want to try these, but I don't want to buy all of them, let mm-hmm. us know and we'll do a couple reviews on them because I think it's nice to, like, switch things up for if people can't, like, order coffee or can't go to the shops that we review all the time. Yeah, or if you're running late for work in the morning and need to make a quick stop and need to know what's good to grab on yeah. the go. That's a good one. Yeah. It's good for you cold brew fans, I think. Yeah. All, all right. right. Are we ready? ready? Yep. So, so grab, grab your, your coffee and, and have, have a morning, morning with, with us. us. All right, guys. Again, this week is another listener-suggested story. And she has recommended stories to us before, um, but this one's from my coworker, Alyssa. Thank you so much again for, you know, staying on top of your cool cases that you have and ideas for us to do because we really do appreciate it. And like we've said before, whenever listeners mention something to us, we typically have not heard of it. So it's like fun to research something that we haven't heard of. And we just love when you guys reach out to us. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's so nice. Yes. So keep doing it. So, today's episode, we are going to be talking about Vincent Villafort. He was born August 22nd. He was 46 at the time of this story. He lived in Poughkeepsie, New York, and he was known to his friends as Vinny. He was described as the life of the party and a fun-loving and outgoing guy. 
His friends and family said he lived to make sure everyone was having a good time and at ease. Ugh. Which I love. Now it's like the consensus, too, across the board. Like, all of his friends and family said yeah. that. Yeah. And like, they said nothing but he, good things. Yeah, and they said he was, like, all about his friends and family. Like, he would Ugh. do anything for them. It's amazing. Uh, he graduated from Roy C. Ketchum High School in 1986, and he started his career as a project manager for New York State. Vincent was married and divorced twice before this story took place, and Suzanne was one of his ex-wives who said they remained friends after the divorce. Which which I feel like doesn't happen very often, but that's awesome. No, says a lot about his character. Yeah. And hers. Vincent was known for his barbecue ribs and his dance moves, which I love that combination. <laughs> right? Like, that's a good, those are some good things to be known like, by. Like, barbecuing and just, like, swinging dancing. them around dancing. <laughs> right. Yeah. A quote from his friend Amanda Hoisrat, quote, he just lit up a room, you know. He was funny. He had these beautiful blue eyes, a really piercing smile. He was a good guy. He also loved karaoke. Sounds like my kind of guy. Yep. Love it. And one of his nicknames was Vinny Shots because he would hand out shots at parties. They said that, like, as soon as, like, he would walk in, he'd be like, who wants a shot? You want a shot? Aww. Yeah. I love that. Me too. And he loved being near or on the water. Aww. So that was a little background of him. Now we're going to get into the day before the incident, which was April 18th, 2015, Viafor and Graswald were at a party with friends. And let me just preface this. We go into um, her a little bit later, but Angelica Graswald is his fiance at the time. Um, so they were at a party with friends on Saturday, April 18th. Before they left, they told friends that they were going on a ki- uh, kayaking the next day. And his friend said, quote, I was like, what are you, crazy? Look behind you. The water is choppy. It's really cold. You cannot go out in that water. Don't even think about it, he said. You can't talk Vinny out of anything. He's he's very, you know, he loves adventure. Mm. So she told investigators the next day, and this is Angelica, that things were tense on the night of the 18th, but they ended up going to bed snuggling at the end of it all. So they had a fight that night. Yeah. But yeah. resolved it. Yeah. Apparently, um, his friends, like, wanted him to stay a little bit later and potentially actually go to, like, a strip club mm-hmm. and, you know, have fun there. But she wasn't having she, it. She, like, wasn't into it. She, mm-hmm. They said she was quiet. She kind of just wanted to go home for the night. Mm-hmm. So now we're on to April 19th, 2015. Um, Vincent and his fiance, like I mentioned, Angelica Graswald, went kayaking across the Hudson River to Bannerman's Island. The couple went kayaking in the Hudson yearly in the spring. It was kind of like a tradition for them. There was supposed to be rain that day, but they decided to go anyways. Around this time of the year, their water was only 48 degrees. Oh my god. I don't yeah. find that enjoyable. Why would you? Oh. When I go kayaking and it's like 60 degree water, I'm like, I know. this is dope. I can't splash, I can't splash, I can't no. get anything else. Or even, like, if it's not, like, beautiful weather and you can't just, like, tan on the kayak, yeah. like, why are you even going? Oh, god. <laughs> you know? So they started their kayaking trip just after 4 p.m. They stopped at Bannerman's Castle on an island in the middle of the river. Which, which, by the way, we need to go to. I know. We were just looking at pictures. It is amazing. I didn't even know it existed. Me either, and it's incredible. And I've been going, I mean, obviously the Hudson River is a big river. Yeah. And goes throughout New York, but I've been vacationing by the Hudson my entire life yeah. with my family, and I've never heard of this place. I haven't either, and it seriously looks like an old, like, rundown castle. It's yeah, really cool. love it. 
They decided to bring some beer with them. Angelica said she changed into something sexy for photos when they got there. Um, and then they left to return home around 7 p.m. She said that Via 4 was, try, uh, was enjoying the rough water at first. And this was a, co- a quote from Groswald. Quote, he pulled forward in front of me and said, baby, this is an adventure of a lifetime. Aww. So at first, I think she said like on the way to the island, to Bannerman's Island, the water was like, not calm, but it wasn't as crazy as when they tried to go back later right, at seven. Right. It was um it was a lot worse later. Yeah. And it's like getting dark at that point, which is very Damn. scary. I know. So as they returned back across the river, Groswald said that Via Forest kayak capsized and that he drowned because he wasn't wearing a life jacket. Groswald had a life jacket, but mentioned to investigators later on that Vincent didn't take one for himself. Which mm. I feel like, I wonder if that was a typical thing. I don't know, like an experience. He loved water. I feel like he was pretty experienced on the kayak. Yeah, but I wonder if he typically grabbed a life jacket and just forgot that day, or if he always never never took one. Yeah, Yeah. because, I mean, even I went kayaking last weekend with my brother, and I, I mean, where we go, it's really calm. (laughs) It's like a pond. Yeah, it's it's a lake and. I've never worn a life jacket on that lake because it's never even deep there either. Yeah. And last weekend when we went, went, there were rangers and they said we needed life jackets. What? Yeah. And Casey had to run out with my cousin and buy life jackets at Walmart and stuff. Oh my god, I didn't know. Or they tried to. Walmart wasn't carrying them. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, apparently that's like a law in New Jersey now, I guess. Well, maybe for good reason, yeah. but on a pond, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like small though. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Uh, so where was I? Let me see. Okay, so a call was made by Groswald to the Cornwall Yacht Club in New York Hudson Valley. The call was made at seven thirty p.m. and it said, "Well, she said, quote, I'm in the Hudson River. My fiance fell in the water. Can you please call anybody?" I can't get to him. It's very windy and the waves are coming in and I can't paddle to him. He is getting further and further away from me. He's gonna drown. Mm. And another part of the 911 call, we're gonna kind of role play here for you guys. Yeah, Bryn's gonna be Angelica. I'll be the 911 operator just because it may be confusing if we kept going back and forth without like having two people talking. Yeah. All right, so here's the 911 call. He's gonna drown. Please call somebody. We've got help on the way. The waves are very strong. I can see his... I can still see his head. Okay. Hold on, baby. I can't see him anymore. You don't see him? No. So then Jeff Shack, the person that answered the phone at the yacht club, said that there were three to four foot swells that day on the water. Jesus. And in a kayak. That's really scary. Yeah, that's terrifying. Groswald said of her last image of Vincent, his head and arm were sticking out of the water. He was pushing the paddle towards her and asking her to call 911. That's scary. Yeah. So, at first, this seemed like a horrible accident, but the police became concerned when they realized how unbothered Vincent's fiance or Angelica, was a few days after the incident. She was described as, quote, bizarrely calm. While divers were looking for Vincent, she actually posted a video of herself doing cartwheels on her Facebook page. That's very odd. It's odd, but, like, I'm not one to be like, you can't grieve this way. Yeah, people grieve differently. We've said this in other episodes. You can't really judge anyone 
based on what they do. She also posted an old picture of herself kayaking in what seemed to be bad water, which, or bad weather, which again is strange, but that doesn't mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I was one, one thought that I had because of the cartwheel thing and her posting a picture like that, I wonder if at that point she was put on like meds or something. I don't know. To like calm her down. Maybe, or, or she, she was just something. reacting that way. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, a few friends, I don't know if it was friends of Vincent or of her, said that, like, they could tell she was upset and she was just trying to put on a brave face. Like, mm-hmm. they could tell that this was her just grieving in a strange way. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. So, ten days after he went missing, Groswell went back to Bannerman's Island and left flowers there for Vincent. Rescue boats and helicopters searched for Vincent's body over the next few days. Um, so, I'm going to talk a little bit about Angelica Groswald. It's pertinent um, information about her past, so I decided to throw it in here. She was born as Angelika Lipska in Latvia uh, when it was still part of the Soviet Union. She then decided to move to the United States to become a nanny. She was married and divorced twice when she met Vincent. Wow, which is the same as him. Yeah, which yeah. is probably how, like, they bonded yeah. over things. Like, they were both divorced twice. She was actually 11 years younger than Vincent as well. Within weeks of dating, they moved in together, and friends described it as love at first sight. Her ex-boyfriend and other friends said Groswald had an angry slash dark side. She said she was uh, she was said to have slapped Via Four across the face hard when she gets drunk, like multiple times. A couple oh, friends said that's that. That's not okay. And he would kind of just take it. Uh, I mean, regardless of the outcome of this case. That's not okay. That, no. No. She also threatened to break into her ex-boyfriend's house, and she ended up laying behind the tires of his car while he was in it until he agreed to give her their cat that they had shared at one point because they'd broken up. Uh. She's like, if you don't give me this, I'm not moving. Like, you're going to have to run me over. And I don't know. I could see two sides to that. I could see Either two sides to that Either she's really well. fucking crazy. Or she really loved her cat. Or she really loved her cat because... I I've never know. been in that situation, but I can't say I wouldn't do that for my cat. <laughs> I know. And she didn't get to defend herself on that, so that's just his side of the story, her ex-boyfriend, and if they didn't have a good relationship, he could have exaggerated that. Yeah, so who knows? It's all hearsay. Yeah. Yeah. So moving into the investigation, there was an 11-hour police interrogation, and it was discovered that Grasswald had removed a connector ring from Vincent's paddle and the drain plug from the kayak. She admitted this to authorities. Which is very sketchy. Yeah, that's a little sketchy. Yeah. They also said she took the paddle away from him while he was in the water, so he couldn't use it as a flotation device. And here are some combos from the 11 hour interrogation in which Groswald admitted that the couple was having issues and implicated herself. So, again, here's the role play. Role play. And I'm going to partake in two investigators this time, so if you hear a voice change, that's why. We're really getting into acting. I don't. I don't know if I want to go too full blown though, because I don't want to. Yeah, we're not make making fun of it. Yeah, we're not making a joke out of it. So we're just trying to give you like the best, like way of hearing this, rather than saying Angelica said, investigator said. Yeah. So don't think we're making a joke out of it, but also don't judge our acting skills because we're not going full out. No. <laughs> and Bryn is again Angelica. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. He pushed for everything. He pushed for for sex, for sexual stuff. Okay, he always wanted sex. Yeah. And you to do sexual things? Well, yeah. Okay. 
He wanted threesomes, porn, everything. Okay. And how does it make you feel? Angry. I was angry. Very angry? Yeah. Why did you want him to die? How could you best put it? I wanted to be free. And you feel happy? Yes. And relieved that it happened, that he's dead? Yes. When you watched him in the water, was part of you saying, quote, my worries are going away now and I'm free? Yeah. And you were almost... Euphoric. Euphoric that he was... Yes. Going to be gone. I just... I was... You felt that way. And then it's unintelligible. Yeah, she was kind of like... Yeah. Murmuring. So you felt that way? Yes, I still do. So another motive cops were leaning towards as an explanation of why she could have potentially murdered him was money. Groswald could get $250,000 from two life insurance policies of Vincent's. And... She was then arrested, and bond was $9 million, and she was considered a serious flight risk because of her connections to Latvia. Latvia at that point, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, just in itself, and we'll get more into this, an 11-hour interrogation is... A lot. A lot. Yeah. to, To just sit there and continually be questioned. Yeah. I don't know. And it's... I feel like when interrogations that long come into play and when the way things are worded come into play Mm -hmm. it's hard to know if that played into it or not like if that's being used as an excuse or if really like the person was fucking done and just caving into whatever was said right exactly you know So, we're going to get into a couple of the theories that were tested, because as we just mentioned, one theory was that she murdered him because of... The life insurance. Yeah, yeah, the life insurance, and then another theory was because of, like, the sexual things that she wasn't into anymore, or just not wanting their relationship anymore, whatever. So, Michael Archer, he was a forensic scientist working for the defense said, quote, the water is somewhere around 46 degrees at the warmest. You know, this is very cold water. It's frigid water. It's getting dark. It's windy. The waves are three to five feet high. He has no life vest on, and he has some level of impairment by alcohol. All of those fit that this is an accidental death, and that was a quote from CBS News. He didn't want to put the blame on Vincent, this Michael Archer, Mm -hmm. but he said he wasn't cautious enough. Which I can... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He also examined evidence against Groswald and came up with ways to test the theories of the prosecutor. Yeah, so I think the defense um, really wanted to test all of the theories, and I think, honestly, they did a pretty good job at testing what they did. Yeah, and hopefully they went into it unbiased, which I'm assuming... If they were hiring outside sources to do these tests, they did. yeah, so they did. I'll get into that in a minute. Buddy Benny, uh, who was an experienced kayaker from Mountaintops Outfitters, was asked to recreate Vincent's trip in the same model kayak that, um, with the drain plug open, like Vincent's kayak was. Mm -hmm. He said that he did not notice the boat filling up with water, and if there was any in the kayak at all, it was very minimal. Obviously, you can't recreate, like, you know, everything that happened, but... He noted that the plug was on top of the kayak, and it was the size of his pinky. So, this is another thing that it was mentioned that the investigators initially did not understand that the plug plug was was on top, top, and they kept, they actually questioned her twice 
about it being underneath. And she's like, no, it's on top. Did they not realize, though, that if the it's, plug was on the yeah. bottom of the kayak, his kayak would have sank? Yeah. On the way over to the island, Rather not than, on the way back. Which is what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the defense said that the hole was not nearly big enough to have let that much water in, and it clearly came from the opening of the kayak where the person, like, sits. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, where the seat is. Mm -hmm. The defense also strapped the kayak to the back of a boat to recreate the three-foot waves with the drain plug in, um, and it filled up with a ton of water. Why did they have the drain plug in, though? They were testing to see if, um... Well, they do it a couple different ways, but they were testing to see if with the drain plug in, the water would still fill up because of the opening of the kayak where the person sits. Oh, gotcha. To and say, not, oh, even if the drain plug was in, it, it could still would have filled up. Yeah, okay. They then covered the hole where the person sits. They, like, covered it with, like, this plastic material, mm-hmm. and they did the same experiment um, with it attached to the boat, and this time the drain plug was open and the top was closed, And less than an ounce of water was filled in the boat Hmm. after they did that experiment. So barely any water got in from just the drain plug being open itself. Hmm. Yeah. Or out. I'm sorry. Another theory that the defense tested was if the paddle would have held up Vincent. So remember, Groswald said that she took his paddle from him after he fell into the water. And the defense attached a a four-pound brick to the paddle and it sunk in the water immediately, which therefore means that it could not have held up a full-grown man. Mm-hmm. So basically that throws out the theory of, well, she took his paddle away. That was his flotation device. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been... It wouldn't have done anything for him. And like, playing out devil's advocate, she could have taken that paddle so it, it like, it didn't get... Float away from yeah. him. But then she started to float away from him, which didn't yeah. help. Right. Like, she might have just, like, grabbed it out of instinct because it was in the water. Yeah. Grabbed it. And tried, like, yeah. reaching to him, potentially. Or there could have been a malicious intent, and she literally snagged it from him so he couldn't right. paddle. Archer, who, remembers the guy that's helping with the defense investigation, also said that you don't need the ring that was attached in order to use the paddle. So, remember, earlier she admitted to taking this, like, ring mechanism off of the paddle, but... Why, though? What was I the don't know. of that? I don't know what that was. Like, there's two sides of this. Like, yeah. yes, she was trying to, like, murder him, and she on it, she didn't know what she was doing potentially with like the kayak and the yeah the thing and the like the ring part port of the uh paddle but the or other side of it is she was in panic mode and she was trying to help him and yeah. it just like came apart or 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 if she did it before the kayaking trip right then maybe there was just like an odd reason for, for everything yeah yeah so, the defense also brought in an expert on false confessions in high-profile police investigations, and this expert was named uh, Jim Tranum. He watched the 11-hour investigation, or I'm sorry, interrogation tape of Groswald, and he said, quote, I would use this video to teach them, meaning the cops, how not to. And when he said how not to, he meant how to not do a proper interrogation of a suspect. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he's like, this is an example of exactly what not to do. Yeah. Like, they did everything wrong. Yeah. 
He said that there were so many red flags and that there was precise leading questions that only had precise incriminating answers, even if she did not intend it to sound a certain way. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how they led her into it, which that's one person's opinion. Right. Which, I mean, we've seen with other cases, like everyone knows the Stephen Avery case. You've seen how that could happen. Right. And it does happen. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's always a possibility. Yeah. So, here's an example of a conversation he said was leading to a false confession. And again... Acting. Here we go. Okay. Um, when did you in your mind make your decision, Vinny needs to die and I'm going to take some steps to make sure that happens and be free? Yes, and be free and be out of this controlling, possessive relationship. I wasn't thinking that at all. What did you want that day? That day, I wanted to be free. And you wanted him to die? If you put it that way. I'm not putting it that way. Well, that's, what's the answer? You know what it, the answer is. What's the answer, Angelica? I wanted him gone. And that you would be set free. I didn't want him, like, gone, gone. So, clearly, they're, like, the investigators were, we're trying... We're learning it. Yeah, and trying to get her to say, yes, I wanted him dead. Yeah. And, like, one thought that I had, too, was, yes, she said things that implicated herself, but was there also a language barrier there? Could have been. Because she was from Latvia. Yeah. So, things might have been coming out, not how she meant it, or she might not have fully understood what they were asking. Yeah. And she, like, worded it strangely. Yeah, that Again, playing devil's advocate, I'm not saying this woman's innocent or guilty. Yeah. Honestly, I do not know. I don't either, to be honest. So, Groswald also said that she had taken the plug out of the kayak months ago because her kitten was playing with it. So, I can also see that being possible. Like, oh, wait, she took it out. Forgot about it. Forgot about it. Yeah. Like, her cat was playing with it. I mean, I don't know. The only time I feel like you ever pay attention to the drain plug is literally when you have the kayak standing up on its side to drain any water coming out of it. Yeah. And, like, otherwise, you don't really... I don't look at that thing. Yeah, same. So, getting to the trial slash aftermath of all of this, May 23rd, 2015, Viafor's body was found by a boater a mile downstream from Bannerman's Island. The medical examiner's report confirmed that Viafor died by drowning. I'm sorry, I'm about to burp. (laughs) (laughs) And his blood alcohol content was 0.06, which is considered impaired. They can really find that out months and months and months know. later while he was in water? I guess so. I don't know That's how interesting. that forensic stuff works, but I yeah. guess. Huh. I was wondering that when I read like that. Like, how long after the fact, even being submerged in water potentially for months. Yeah, how are they still able to test the blood alcohol con- Or how is it still showing that? In his system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... At 0.06, that's considered impaired. Mm -hmm. And even so, the manner of death was ruled a homicide. The medical examiner noted that the drain plug had been intentionally removed on the report. Okay. So, that was obviously part of how they determined that. Yeah. May 2015, Groswald was officially indicted for second-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter, and she pled not guilty to both charges. July 2017, she agreed to plead guilty to the lesser felony charge of criminally negligent homicide. 
Quote, admitted she could have perceived the risks associated with being out on the water that day. And that's a quote from ABC News. Hmm. And I had read that she had kind of agreed to plead to the lesser charge because, basically, if she hadn't, she could have ended up in year, in prison for 25 years to life. For the serious or... The yeah. Serious or charge. <laughs> the more serious charge. Yeah. yeah. November 8th, 2017, she was sentenced to one and a half to four years in state prison, and this was the maximum for a criminally negligent homicide. December 17th, 2017, she was released on parole from Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women. If you didn't do the math just now, this was literally a month after her sentencing. That's crazy. Yeah, and technically she served just over two and a half years because of, like, time served. Yeah. While she was sitting in prison, which, either way, I feel like that really, if she's pleading guilty to a charge, I feel like that's not a lot of time. I know, and... And not, there's not really justice served for him and his family. No, But at the same time, what if she is completely innocent? And she, it just happened to be weird circumstances. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know about this case. I know, this is a... This one has me torn, honestly, yeah. because yeah. I feel for the family, and either way, it's completely awful that this man lost his life. Yeah. But was she involved in that? Yeah. And is she walking free from something she did? Right. So she says she never intended to kill Vincent Viafor and did not commit murder, and she told 2020 she pled guilty to a lesser charge to avoid the risk of a life sentence, which... That's also kind of incriminating. Yeah. Like, oh, I pled guilty because I don't want to be in there the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing, I feel like I go back and forth all the time. I know. So once she was released, she had to report to her parole officer for 16 months. Parole was up in in April of 2019. There was also consideration of deportation back to Latvia, but I don't think anything ever... I kind of dug around looking for that, and I didn't see the outcome of that. Me either, so I don't know where she is right now. Yeah. So as mentioned, Groswald was also eligible to collect almost $500,000 in life insurance from Vincent's estate. Yeah, because remember, he had two separate insurance Of 250, Yeah. yeah. His family went to court to prevent this from happening. Groswald and Viafor and the Viafor family agreed to a confidential settlement over the insurance money. Which, I don't know, if you're his family and you believe that she did something, because obviously his family knows him better than we do, mm-hmm. then having to go to court and have a settlement over this had to have been so painful for them. I know. Regardless, I feel awful for his family. Me too. This is a quote from the Poughkeepsie Journal. Since Groswald's release from prison, she's done interviews with ABC News 2020, Dr. Oz, and the New York Times. She has proclaimed her innocence, protested the treatment that she received from police, and her portrayal in the media. So, again, I feel like this is, you have to just take it and form your own opinion from it. Yeah. Because I go back and forth the entire time. Mm -hmm. Which is so sad because there's... Probably never going to really be a true answer with right. whether she did it or not. Like, I don't think the things that she did would have killed him, regardless. I think that his cause of death was because of the water coming into his boat from the waters and potentially his impairment and not having the life vest on. 
But if she had intent to kill him anyway, then that's just as incriminating. Right. So, I don't know. I feel like it comes down to, like, her like, intent. Yeah, like, if you went out there that day in hopes that he would die, that's just, you're just as guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you didn't actually kill him. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, do we have anything we want to mention at the end right now? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of it in the beginning and in the last episode. Alright. Alright. So, you know where to go. Our resources are on our Facebook page. You can head to our Instagram uh, to follow anything that we have coming up. We always post on our Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, check the stories because Instagram stories has a lot of, like, our merch and that kind of stuff. Yeah. We also have our highlights where we post every week the coffees we've reviewed and the cases we've covered, if you want to go back and look at those. Oh my god, that reminds me. I went to a wedding this past weekend, and I was telling my friend from college about it. And I was like, yeah, we do coffee reviews. He's like, oh my god, like, I know you did a podcast, but I didn't listen to it. He's like, I love coffee. And I was, like, going through the highlights tab, and he's like, wait, I've had Black River Roasters before. Oh my god. Yeah, so Aww. he was, like, super pumped about it. Aw. So now he's gonna go listen. Yeah, yeah. awesome. So, also remember to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. You'll get a free sticker. They're cool. Or stickers, I should say. They're cool. Yeah. And make sure if you do do that, that you let us know it was you. Because we've had a hard time tracking some people down. Yeah. Or or just put your full name on the review if you want, and we'll be able to know. Yeah. Or shoot us a DM. Yeah. With, like, a screenshot of it. Or just let us know. We're very reachable. (laughs) Very. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep, until next week. Bye. See ya. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook